Hi there and welcome to the 21st row of the Get Fit By rowing series. Now today it's just going to be that simple low intensity row again, okay? So we're looking at 20 strokes a minute around about 2k plus 20 pace, which is around about 5 out of 10 from an effort point of view and for that zone, for heart rate zone thing, then you're at zone 2, okay? So between 60 and 70% of your maximum heart rate. Now it's 35 minutes worth of rowing we're doing today and I've picked 35 for a reason because if you want to do 17 and then take a minute to have a quick drink or whatever and then continue the next 17, then please do but hopefully you've got the fitness and stuff in you that you can manage the whole 35 all right so we have to get into our four minute warm-up anyway even though it's a low intensity workout today uh, and that means you have to set up your machine first and on the concept too that means doing your drag factor set that to where you want it to be if you don't know where you want to set your drag factor just set your lever between four and five and then watch the video i have here on the youtube channel that's a very loud plane isn't it <laughs> um, which will give you some indication about where you might want to set it and how you actually set drag factor rather than the lever if you're in a non-con Concept two, just set the resistance so you get a nice feel from the stroke, but you don't have to heave against it, right? Next up, if you're able to, please set your monitor to eye height so you're not looking up, not looking down, both of which can mess with your, your posture. And finally, set your foot straps so that as you come forwards to the front of the machine, you have your shins in a vertical position. If you're set too high, it can be a bit tough to get there. Set too low, you can go scooting straight past. And that just causes power leaks and potential injury, but it's more about power. Right, so I'm going to do this. Uh, we've been, I've been describing this basically as though you're standing up from a squat, just holding like a couple of shopping bags or something. That's just the amount of power I want you to put in for the first minute, and then we'll increase a tiny bit as we get through this warm-up. And then, okay, so I totally forgot how to speak at the end of that. <laughs> so we get right into the warm-up in three, two, one. Let's go. Now, it's an evening roll today. So the sun is... Well, sun's still out, but it's getting a little bit cooler. So I don't have my sunglasses on. So if I end up looking at you like Popeye half the time with one eye closed, <laughs> it's because it's actually still a bit too bright. <sighs> so remember the first minute of these warm-ups is where you really want to just let your body open up, ease into it, get your body moving. I've been sitting at my desk all day or standing and sitting, but I've not really been moving much. So I'm using this warm-up just to get that feeling of my back opening up as I tilt forwards into the front of the machine and then swing to the back of the machine. So as you're looking at me today, that means 11 o'clock forwards and one o'clock backwards because I'm facing the other way around. Get to see the left-hand side of my face today. <laughs> so, we're just over a minute in. I had a bit more of a push from your feet. Take the intensity up to really kind of run about where we'll do today's row. Kind of 2K plus 18 to 20 if you have a 2K pace or that 5 out of 10 effort where you're putting in a push but you can still hold a conversation. And your heart rate will be kind of nudging that 60% heart rate by now. But as we were at warm-up, you don't have to worry about that. This is really just about making sure you're ready for the main session. Okay, we'll take two more strokes. And put one foot on the grass. <laughs> and continue rowing. This is where I find out if the drainage in the grass has improved yet and it will wet feet it's really 
heavy clay soil I've got here. And even though I've put in a kind of herringbone, it's a very dad chat, isn't it? And drainage underneath it. It still takes ages for the grass to dry out after the rain. Okay, swap feet. The point of this single leg work is just to help, again, with your flexibility coming into the front of the machine, getting into a point where your shin is vertical. It also means you can control it. So you can actually keep an eye on it and make sure you're only going to vertical. Because if you go past vertical, you just risk power leaks and things. One more here. Both legs in, keep those legs straight. Roll with your back and arms. So swing over your back, pull in your arms, then out with your arms, rock forwards over your back again. Really it's so important you get that sequencing that way around. Back, arms, arms, back, back, arms, arms, back. And that you then feed that into your main stroke as well. One more here. Roll to the front, straight arms, forward tilt, and just push out with your legs. Don't worry about power. What I want you to think about more here is how long you can push out with your legs before your back recoils. And certainly, I want you to keep those arms straight the whole time, okay? So nice and straight. Your arms should never pull in on this part of the drill. One more here. Apart from the very last stroke, I always finish with the first stroke. So, keep moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink, and I will go over one more time what we're doing today. Okay, once again, then what we're doing today is a 35 minute low intensity row at 20 strokes per minute. What do I mean by low intensity? Well, I mean like five out of 10 effort, which is pretty much how we were doing that warm up. So you can hold a conversation. You, you know you're putting in effort, but it certainly doesn't feel hard. If you have a 2K training pace, and I want you to do this around about 2K plus 18 to 20, probably closer to the 20, because I don't want you to balloon and it, it suddenly becomes hard, okay? And then from a heart rate training zone point of view, then you're in that zone two, 60 to 70% of your maximum heart rate and I really don't want you to get above that 70%. Keep it low in order to get the benefits of this workout. All right, so I'm going to have one last quick drink before we get into the session. And like I said, if you want to stop after 17 minutes to have a drink and wiggle your backside, please do. But also, try and aim to do the whole 35. <laughs> okay, so you ready for this? Let's go. In three, two, one go. I did actually hear a great description of zone two training. It was on the UK HXR podcast, one of the High Rocks podcasts that I listened to. And uh, they were talking to Gethin Jones, the TV presenter, and his partner, or training partner, not partner partner, but training partner who had just done a high rocks and they were doing lots of zone two training to get their fitness up for it. And he described zone two as an intensity where you can hold a conversation, but you don't really want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you'd rather be just breathing just for comfort, but you're just working 
that little bit so that when you are talking you're kind of it is increasing how out of breath you are and you need to wait every now and then and let the other person speak in order to catch your breath which is why I think I should start doing these with a partner <laughs> just do them as me and someone else I've been thinking about that I keep on thinking about trying to rope the kids in and make a roll along with them especially now that I've got this concept too and a water roar it means I can do them but kids being kids they don't want to or I have to pay them loads of money, money to do it although that said I mean I'm pretty protective of them although they will pop up from time to time I try and make sure and protect them from anything that could be held against them by their friends it's one thing that their friends will load up these videos and laugh at me but I don't want them to yeah it's downside with the online world isn't it you have to be so careful always think what if and that's one of the things that happens as you get old anyway everything you do you start to think what if when you're young you're indestructible nothing is ever gonna get to you but then, as you grow up, get more responsibilities, and certainly when you have kids, what if starts to creep in? And not just for you, but also for your family. What if somebody found a video and started mocking and uh, just, Internet's a wonderful place. It can also be very destructive. I mean, even I posted a very innocent question today on a Facebook group, the Flight Sim Facebook group. So I really like, by the way, I'm sorry. After the big deep dive I did on row 19, was it? Where I spent 20 minutes just talking about technique I decided today to not really talk technique as much I mean, make sure and keep those arms straight, forward tilt push with the legs but today will be a technique light chat <laughs> but yeah so I like when I have a spare like I have spare time but if I have a spare half hour or something I really like firing up the Microsoft flight simulator stick on my little virtual VR headset climb into a pretend Cessna 172 
and then fly somewhere. Can I, I've said before, if I had the chance to do all this again, I think I'd probably train as a pilot. I'd love to, yeah. Don't know if I'm quite pilot material or maybe a little bit too easily distracted, but maybe that's just combination of all my time on this planet maybe if I trained to be a pilot from 18 I would be a steely-eyed focus machine I'm talking about oh yeah, yeah so posted a very simple question on a forum just asking about speeding up time because like I said I only have like half an hour. So yesterday I was flying from Miami International Airport and I went to fly to Orlando International Airport, which is a flight that I actually took from my honeymoon all the way back in 2004. And it was in a tiny little, or little, sorry, little Gulfstream plane. I just remember how terrified Julie was in this plane as we're flying through big storm clouds. It being beginning of June, it was firmly stormy season. And so we're flying, flying through these big, fluffy storm clouds in the plains properly. Kind of <laughs> making all the noises you'd expect of a plane that's going up and down, affected by the wind. And at the end of it, this voice behind us pops up. Please excuse the accent. It says, Daddy, do you know what the worst part of that flight was? And the dad's like, I don't know what. And the child just goes, all of it. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to fly the same route yesterday, just because I remember, strange I got fond memories of that flight. I loved it. She really hated it. <laughs> That's not why I loved it. It wasn't because she hated it. Um, and so I had half an hour, but it's 170 nautical miles. And the little Cessna I was flying in, I think it was only at 140 knots max. So I knew I was going to run out of time to take off and land if I did it in real time. But you can speed up the sim. I know, listen, I know this isn't a very exciting story, but hopefully you're engaged enough. <laughs> um, so you can make it go faster. Time runs quicker. But I didn't quite know, there's no way really to know 
when that time if I hit the button enough well it just went back to normal time so went onto an internet or a Facebook group innocently said basically just that how do I is there any way to know when time goes back to just like 100% instead of 200% or whatever and you know if I saw that question if I had the answer I'd say I'll press whatever if I didn't know the answer I'd keep my mouth shut but although I got a few helpful replies most of them were things like why bother why don't you just fly in circles why would you do that just make time and stuff and you're like how's that helpful but then I think this also comes down to my personality type and possibly my age where I see our time on this planet as being time to help people, to nurture people, to share what you know in the hopes that the next generation will build upon that for future generations the way you develop share what you know now let others build upon it and yeah you can charge There's nothing against people charging to share what they know teach people I mean if you think about it the DJing for dummies book that I wrote people have to buy it but I hope they do but even before that and the reason I got the chance to write that book in the first place is because I had a free website recess.co.uk still there teaching people how to DJ using CDs and vinyl which you need a skill for I just I learned how to do it it took me a while I can really find any resources so I decided I'd make my own share what I knew with others for free And then brings us right back to rowing where I got to a point where having been the top dog for my age and weight and then suddenly with one flick of a sharpened meat knife literally cut my chances ever been there again I thought well what can I do I know I'll pass on what I've learned 
So I made sure to continue learning, took a proper instructor's course, which ironically, for as much as I do joke about him being a competitor and stuff, my Concept 2 certification is from Dark Horse. So, <laughs> which I do think is quite amusing. But anyway, so continued learning so that I felt I could teach. And then here we are. I make these plans and videos totally for free. You don't have to pay, or sorry, you don't have to pay a penny in order to load these up on YouTube or go to the website and read what the sessions are in the plan. It's all there for free. And yeah, if you want to donate on the Patreon page, that'd be very nice, thank you. Or PayPal, again, thank you. But I'll never actually say, I'll never say that. I'll never say in order to access my content, you have to pay. It does get a bit, muddy when you start talking about third party apps like KinoMap and ErgZone that you have to pay a subscription for in order to access the roll along stuff but that doesn't go to me that goes to them but anyway so yeah my point is, I am of a mindset where I just want to help people. I'm not there to berate or try to appear superior or whatever. I just want to help. It's like the Metallica documentary where they're all having an argument and Kirk, the guitarist, is just in the background going, I just want to rock, man. I just want to rock. But then, there must be, people must just get off on being irritating. I do find that fascinating. People with a temperament, who are angry or irritable or irritating. Those who enjoy winding people up. I do find it fascinating that you can get into that kind of a <laughs> mind place. <laughs> now, that was perfectly timed. I don't think he started his lawnmower just to irritate me. But would it be funny if he did? 
But the neighbor was like, that guy's out rowing again. I'm gonna ruin his shoot. The, the dog didn't stop him. The hammering didn't stop him. So I'm gonna start mowing my lawn. Little does he know how much I love the sound of a lawnmower and the smell of cut grass. In fact, can you see my stripes? Cut the grass freshly yesterday ahead of doing today's row outside. Not entirely sure whether the stripes show up on camera or not, but I did. So I have breezed past the 17 minute point because I didn't want to trigger you by saying, oh, you don't want to mow over a stone, big guy. Um, yeah, like I said, we're 17 minutes in. You can stop and have a drink. Chances are, you would have. Uh, so, didn't say a thing until now. And now that you're like, well, hang on. I'm past 19 minutes into this row now. Surely I can just keep going until the end. That's what I hope for. Sometimes your brain can just be your worst enemy. It's too busy thinking about comfort, about when you can get a rest, when you can stop, when you can ease off. And really, once you understand that your brain just is always looking for an easy ride deep down, and once you grapple control, I'm guessing it must be id rather than ego. I don't know. Shouldn't even have gone there. Don't know what I'm on about. But yeah, once you take control and say, no, I don't need to stop. You'll find you can manage things that you never really thought you could. It's like fasting. It's like skipping breakfast. If you have had breakfast right after you wake up every day for pretty much your whole life. The concept of one day waking up and saying, no, I'm not going to have breakfast today. I'm going to wait and not eat anything until lunch. To, your, to the rhythm of your brain, 
is just alien. Your kind of circadian rhythm, how your body, your brain operates, is on a like a metronomic schedule where you wake up, you have breakfast, spend a few hours, and then your stomach starts to ring the dinner bell because your brain is releasing hormones telling you that it's one o'clock and it's time to be hungry. But I don't know if you've ever been in the kind of job or been out somewhere where you've had to push past that kind of one o'clock dinner bell that happens in your stomach. And what you find is after about, only about five minutes, that urge to eat subsides because the hormones your brain is releasing stop. And then you just move on with your day. And then obviously eventually you do need to eat, but what I'm saying is that if you let that kind of subconscious side of your brain control what you're doing, it can sometimes get in the way of what you can actually achieve. Like waiting until two o'clock to have your lunch or rowing for 35 minutes non-stop or holding a pace for a certain amount of time. And that last one is actually where covering the monitor is a really good idea. I mean, it's up to you how much you want to cover it. But I'll usually leave the time and stroke rate, sometimes heart rate, but usually I'll hide heart rate too. So all I'll see is the counter coming down and the stroke rate I'm at. And I don't worry about looking at the monitor for pace or my heart rate. I just do it entirely by comfort. How do I feel? And that's the same for a row like today. Oh, it obviously wasn't done. Or like a 1K or a 2K. But sometimes covering the monitor can unlock part of you that your brain was holding back. Like, say you're trying to beat a seven minute 2K or an eight minute 2K. Eight's probably a, a better example here. So in order 
to go faster than eight minutes, you have to duck under two minutes per 500 meters average pace. And if you're not used to rowing that fast, when you see it on the monitor, it can be a bit twitchy because you're saying to yourself, oh, I'm working so hard. Oh no. I'm totally at my comfort zone. And in the same way, if you're meant to be rowing at two minutes pace and for a couple of hundred meters, you see it is down at 201, 202, you can set off panic bells because you're rowing thinking, oh, I've blown it, I'll never manage it. And then you give in. Whereas if you just disengage all of the negativity attached to numbers in your brain by covering the monitor, you'll be amazed at what you can actually achieve when you allow yourself to. You're a lot stronger mentally than you give yourself credit for. And so what you need to do is match your mental strength to your physical strength. And that's where you can suddenly play this kind of leapfrog game where when your mind is stronger, you can push your body to do more. And when your body is stronger, you can push your mind to accept that you can do more. How on earth did we get from me writing DJing for dummies <laughs> to <laughs> a big long chat about mental strength? <sighs> See, I'll start getting emails now saying, eh, can you go back to technique, please? <laughs> I did get actually a really nice email today from Bill saying how much he loves content. In fact, even so much he bought two of my t-shirts. Not like these actual ones I wear, like from the shop. <laughs> that's, only, that's only for my OnlyFans page. My <laughs> used smelly t-shirt. Yuck. Anyway, moving on. But he did say, I think he's just started this series. And I know in the first, certainly the first four sessions, first week worth of rows, I was coming in quite heavy with the technique chat 
rather than my usual distracted dinner plans and family and kids stuff. Because he did say, he's like, I know the technique chat is important and I respond to it well, however, I am waiting for you to get distracted and to talk about something a bit more fun or at least non-technique based. So I took that to heart for today's session. I hope you don't mind. But... This is fun. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's a good thing to not always be about technique. Okay, five minutes to go. Because, I mean, as much as I talk non-stop, eventually, I am running out of stories. If you look, what did I add up to like 400 different videos I have up on here that are just workouts, plus like another 200 technique and form check Fridays and app reviews and things. But for the workouts, that's a lot to talk about, a lot to get distracted by. If you figure 400 videos, let's say the average half an hour each, that's 200 hours worth of me just talking to you. Which, if you've done every one of my videos, crikey, you deserve a medal. <laughs> uh, but, so it does kind of mean it's easy for me to go, I have no idea what to talk about today. So I'll just talk technique. I'll try not to do that. Because again, I know that loads of people don't even know I have a back catalogue going back to like 2016, 17. I think when I first started this, this PDP, I think that was 17, maybe. But I still get, when I was asked just yesterday about, do you have any 45 minute workouts? I've got loads on the channel, but that's the other thing about the internet, isn't it? The internet used to be a place where you would search for an answer, but with the growth of Facebook, specifically I think, people have really got into that place of asking questions instead of searching. It used to be in the days of the like, internet forums, the PHP forums and bulletin boards. People would search for an answer first, <laughs> mostly for fear of being trolled. <laughs> I did search for my question about the 
plate similarly, in case you're like, oh, what if he did? I did. Uh, but yeah, nowadays, people just want to ask a question. Let somebody give them the answer instead of actually hunt for the answer themselves. Again, I think this is my old man tendencies dropping in here. Youth of today, they don't know how to research a topic, do they? Oh. Uh, why was I talking about that? Oh yeah, yeah. So all I would have taken was a search on my channel and they would have seen all the workouts, but you know what? I don't mind. As long as people are still finding what I'm doing when I'm doing them, then you got hope. A few of them will end up going, I wonder if he has any more rows. Any other options here? What else does he talk about? What's he having for dinner? Which, in case you're interested, this used to be a mainstay of my, my rows. Tonight is just a nice, spicy chili. Unlike today's row, which has been a good, mild row. Tonight's is gonna to be a mouth burner of a chili. Very much looking forward to it, but this is why I'm eating after my row. <laughs> One more stroke. Look at that. If you did that along with me, that was 700 strokes. Just think how good that is for you if you kept it down at that zone two heart rate point. Your, the mitochondria in your blood, your little boats, the mitochondria cells, or whatever. Your cells are filling up with all the mitochondria things, whatever. The boat is getting bigger with people. The boat's in your blood, and the boat gives you fuel and power and energy. Me, John, me do science, good. <laughs> right. Let's get into a two minute cool down. Sorry, one second caller while I load it up. Oh. And just breathe heavily at you for a while, sorry. <laughs> okay, so we're just gonna do this at pretty much the same pace you were just rowing at, but gradually slide yourself into neutral. Make sure you use this as a cool down, okay? You're not doing this to kind of get your heart rate back up again. You're just doing this to kind of pause how quickly it slows down, all right? Here we go in three, two, one. Oh, let's go. I think someone's having a barbecue. Who has a barbecue on a Monday night? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've got not the best sense of smell. Even I can smell. It smells like a barbecue, or maybe someone's. It is, what's the time? Hang on. It's 10 to seven. So it could just be somebody's cooking the dinner with the door open. But it certainly smells like burgers. That'd be my, you know, if like various uh, talk shows or even like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, whatever. That kind of, the cheap meal, the perfect meal, the meal, like, well, certainly like if I've just finished a race and did this for both of the High Rocks races and did it in 
Austin when I raced in the World Championships and things. My kind of celebration cheat meal is a burger. A big burger with lots of cheese, possibly crispy bacon on it, if I'm feeling really, oh, brioche bun, chips, or sorry, French fries. Maybe a little side of coleslaw. Oh, see, I'm telling you, there is a food-loving, large John in me, desperate to get out. If you could just get <laughs> get hold of me, that's why. I mean, it's like the whole thing of if you had the same thing every day. It'd stop being special, wouldn't it? So cookies every day, what would be the point in cookies? Right, there we go. So that's the main workout done. Get into stretching session next. So find yourself space in the gym, whatever, for a stretching mat if you can. If you don't have time to stretch, that's perfectly fine. Just try and stretch your quads, your hamstrings, and your glutes if you get a chance, because I don't want them to cramp up. But don't do it in the shower. So don't want you to slip and fall. That would be bad. Or, so hopefully find your stretching point if you, uh, and, oh sorry, oh, I messed up my lines already. And you can join Stretchy John, hi, and he'll take you through uh, stretching on your mat, or I will take you through stretching on the machine, right? So, put your feet back into the straps, legs nice and straight. Don't lock your knees, but make sure your legs are straight. It's kind of a fine line between lock and knot. Hands in the air, and then fold forward, just hinge forward, okay? So you're basically bringing your chest down towards your legs. You're not curling your lower back, you're not rounding your upper back. And you're certainly not grabbing onto your ankles or your toes and pulling yourself forwards, because therein lies injury if you do that, okay? So you can get into this position and after like 10, 15 seconds, walk your fingers up your feet, uh, or yeah, up your feet, or down your ankles, it depends how far you stretched. I knew there was something I had to caveat in there. And then you can just increase that stretch just a tiny little bit by doing that walk of your fingers. And sometimes that's the little bit, you see, like your natural stretch is just where you fall into, but you're like, oh, I can actually get a little bit more out of this. So I mean by how you can sometimes squeeze a tiny little bit more out. Um, right, what way? See, this time I've I start with the right leg. Have I? No, what am I doing? It's <laughs> glutes next. I've completely lost how to do my glutes. So put one leg up on the rail. I should start again. One leg up on the rail. Bring this foot over it so that your heel is in uh, the crook of your knee. Hold that knee across your body so you have a straight line between your face, your knee and your foot. And then rotate round. I hold on to the back of the machine to steady myself so I don't fall off. But also it does give me a chance to kind of ground that rotation round into something. And that's how I get it down here into my glutes. Nice little stretch. Okay, because even though today wasn't a fast row, you did do 700 strokes if you were rowing along with me the whole time. Uh, and so that's quite a lot of power that if you're doing it properly by pushing with your legs, it's your glutes that's generating a lot of that power. So this is why we're stretching, and especially those glutes. Excuse me while I turn away from you. You can admire my lovely pink... <laughs> I'm sorry, I was about to say pink bush, and there's a 12-year-old boy inside me that's giggling now. Sorry. Ah. <sighs> oh. I still, I still maintain I'm a, like a 12-year-old trapped in a late 40-year-old body. <laughs> oh, yeah, 
So just make sure and stretch your other glute and don't think about what I just said. Honestly, I'm a tribunal waiting to happen sometimes. All right, let's move on to quads. So stand up next to your machine, or stand up if you're uh, on a stretching mat. I rest one hand on the monitor to steady myself, and then flick the other foot up behind you so that your heel touches your backside. And then just kind of put enough of a pull into that heel into your backside so you feel that stretch down your quads. Now I do hold on to the upper part of my foot here rather than the toes, because if you hold on to your toes and do this, you can really hyper stretch the tendons down the front of your feet and up through your shins. And again, therein lies injury. Swap legs. I really shouldn't have to hold on to the monitor when I do this, but my balance is rotten sometimes. It's not that bad today, actually, even though I'm standing on... See, literally, literally I just said it's not that bad and I almost fell over. You do wonder, don't you? <laughs> and I'm all wobbly. I'd make a great ballerina, wouldn't I? See me in Swan Lake. Right, okay. I'm not on the decking today, so I don't have to worry about hurting my knees, my poorly little knees. Right, okay, so hip flexor, sorry, just that pause was me trying to work out what leg to stretch. Put, <laughs> I'm going to fall over here, what's wrong with me? Put one foot in front of you with your knee above it, put your other foot behind you with the knee in front of it, obviously. You've got 90 degree angles on both, okay? Have a nice, good posture, okay? Uh, tense the glute that has the knee on the ground. Tense your stomach muscles. And then tilt slightly back with that good posture, lean back very slightly, okay? And if you've got that tension between your glutes and your stomach, you really should feel stretch down the front. Now I have my foot behind me flat on the ground so the toes are kind of pointing straight but if I go up onto my toes and do exactly the same thing suddenly that stretch of the hip flexor um, gets a lot tighter, stretchier, more forceful, or burnier, <laughs> what's the phrase? Yeah but just really try and find that position and remember it's up here in the hip flexor okay if it starts to go down to your quad you're not doing it right. That's not the point of this stretch. You just did your quads. You don't need to do them again. Swap legs. Oh, do exactly the same thing again. And the activation of your glutes and your stomach muscles really does make a difference here. So uh, this is the kind of stretch that you can just kind of go through the motions of. You can kind of just phone it in and go, oh, honestly, I'm stretching my hip flexors. But then you suddenly realize that once you tense your glutes, you go, oh man. Or you kind of get against that good posture and tilt back. Uh, and again, you can do this one going forwards instead of going backwards, but um, the physio I went to see a few weeks ago said, no, 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 do it backwards. So, <sighs> paid money for that, so I'm going to do what he said. <laughs> I think when you pay an expert for something, you listen to them. <sighs> that brings in a flaw in what I'm doing, but shh, shh, don't tell them. So let's do forearms and wrists next. Hands in front of your face, push them together, bring them down in front of your body so that your wrists and forearms are perpendicular to your grass or your stretching mat or whatever. And as you're pushing your hands together, you should really find that down here, uh, your wrists and forearms get some nice stretch, which for, again, for today's row, shouldn't really take in that much of a, a beating into your forearms, but certainly for one of the tougher rows, uh, you can start you can get that little cramp feeling into your forearms. If I, once, if I do a, uh, sorry, I can't speak, a 1K row, um, that's where I really find that I start to cramp up in my forearms. It's kind of, it's, I don't know why it's a 1K, 2K I don't particularly, or 500 meters I don't, but 1K I do. Uh, shoulders next, so hands straight in front of you, bring it across your body, use your other arm to loop across it and hold that arm across against your body, which just adds a little bit of tension across and stretches your delts. 
That's when I suddenly think, did I turn my, my zone on? My little heart rate monitor. I've yet to do a video about this and I've spoken about that be seven o'clock. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've not made a video yet about the my zone. I've spoken about it a couple of times. It is a great heart rate monitor, especially this one, the, the switch, the swap arms, because you can wear it on, it has an attachment to wear on your chest. You can wear it on your upper arm like I am right now or on your wrist. Um, and it, yeah, and it's just as accurate when you fit it in the right place. I find if I put it on my arm like it is right now, it's less accurate for rowing. But if it's on a chest strap version, then it is totally accurate for rowing. So I'm just too lazy. Um, yeah, it's my biggest. And this is why I could never be a pilot, I'm too lazy. But again, that would have been beaten out of me as I was a 17, 18 year old if I'd have joined the RAF to be a pilot. I'm sure they would have beaten the laziness out of me. Right. Next up is uh, biceps, so hands behind you is all your ski jumper, Whee! and then rotate your thumbs outwards, and that will stretch the long head of your bicep. Uh, which you just want to stretch, and then you can get, if you kind of, with a good posture, and open your chest out, you'll get a nice just, well, whether it's particularly a stretch or not, but it'll just be nice to open up your chest, uh, and just kind of give it one last stretch. After all, like in this, the stroke itself, as you come into a finish, you are opening out your chest, so this is just kind of, adding to that and just kind of going, oh, there you go. And then finally, we'll do a triceps. So put a hand up in the air, it gets bored, falls down and touches your spine. Your elbow's kind of pointing in the air, in the air, but if you help it with your other arm um, and really kind of get it pointing straight up in the air, you should find you get a nice stretch into your triceps. Uh, triceps really shouldn't uh, get that much work from, from rowing. And what you'll find is that if you do, if you are, um, tense and sore and, and whatever, it's because you are tense when you're rowing, especially on the return. If you're coming in and you're rigid as you come forwards, that's when your triceps uh, get activated when you're rowing. Right the rest of the time, this really shouldn't be in use at all. So if you end up with sore triceps, you're not doing it right. So the same with the ski erg. If you use a ski erg and you end up with really sore triceps after it, then you're not doing it right. It's really easy to think on a ski erg that it's about like just pulling on the ropes. Um, and doing almost like a tricep extension. You know, if you're in the gym and you get the, the rope and you do that kind of the tricep pull down, it's really easy to think that that's how you're supposed to do a ski erg, but it's not. Um, the ski erg is about kind of coming up and then engaging with your core first and then just kind of whipping the arms down. So your triceps should never really get into it. So if you do a ski erg and your triceps are uh, suffering at the end of it, go watch a video on technique. I'm not the best on it, so that's why I've not made any technique videos yet on ski erg. I'm still trying to get myself happy before I start talking about that stuff. There we go, we're done. Okay, uh, gorgeous night, so thank you very much for joining me. We had, we didn't have that many inter interruptions, did we? We had a couple of dog barks, had a lawnmower, but that was lovely, nice and a lot of accompaniment. So yeah, so that's us done. So uh, next session is the last of our max intensity for this Get Fit By Rowing series, okay? So prepare yourself for that. Uh, make sure and get some sleep and food and whatever, and make sure you're ready. This is one where you are gonna, your entire bowl of power that you've been building up in tomorrow's session should go whoosh and empty into it, okay? I want you to put absolutely everything into the max intensity max intensity session that follows this one all right so i do hope you enjoyed this one um uh, please leave me some kind of a comment let me know whether you're like you know what big guy can you get back to technique we're a bit bored today by your chat about flight sims and stuff in which case i will uh, and make sure to leave the hashtag get fit with row along so i know you've seen uh in this part of it but yeah uh and i've kind of run out of things to say <laughs> to be honest i'll never run out of things to say i'll just whether i'll just say the same things over and over again 
who knows um, but yeah thank you so much for doing this one along with me and for putting up with my uh, waffling nonsense uh, look after yourselves make sure and have something to drink and eat and whatever i will see you in a future video roll well be well bye bye why did i just do that <laughs> bye bye